Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. And here we are, another Monday night, Man Up Monday podcast. I'm going to welcome everyone. with us and uh, we're really excited about it Um, again uh, my name is Jody Burkeen I'm your host uh, for the Man Up Monday podcast yeah yeah. I wanted to give you a drum roll brother I was feeling it did you feel yeah Yeah. there you go well I've got a special guest tonight uh, for Goza is what we're gonna call him Um, glad you're here man thank you for joining me and we'll talk a little bit about your story and how you got here and what you're doing and um, when you're going to grow up and all never. that, <laughs> never. That's, an easy, that's it. That's all we got for today. It, Ain't never going to happen. Never gonna happen. <laughs> that's great. And then in the background, we got Gabe. What's up, big daddy? What's going on? Hey, glad you're here, man. Rusty, how you doing, brother? Doing good. Awesome. Doing really good. We got our, uh, production crew in the back and, uh, just, uh, excited to be here again on a monday night um want to encourage our listeners you can uh, download uh, our podcast um, for the previous weeks on any podcast pl- platform that's out there we're on spotify we're on podmatic we're on um itunes apple um uh, apple store google play amazon iHeartRadio, uh you name them we're on them and we'd love for you to go and subscribe to your favorite uh format and download our podcast and listen to us uh, at any given time what and week is this this is our fifth week and plugging along man yeah more than have. a month yeah exactly going on more than a month and uh, really excited about it our our growth is continuing to get bigger and bigger uh, when we jumped up to number six on the christian podcast uh, world uh, last week and nice. uh, it's been really good and we're just trying to continue to move and groove and let God do some amazing things so it's been pretty good Heck yeah well I mean last week uh, it's tough follow man you got me after getter man getter, yeah, yeah, Paul getter. that was great that uh, was to be in the room for that and just hear him you know wax yeah. about what he does and and all the above but yeah man this is exciting this is exciting and i'm glad you're a part of it too uh it's gonna it's gonna be real fun ben who is normally with me is on vacation this week uh he and his wife went down to uh, new orleans new orleans yeah. is that how you say it new orleans that's my saints new orleans yeah you got the hat yeah he's down in new orleans and i hope he's putting on some poundage uh with all the food <laughs> that, that he's eating <laughs> for our contest yeah yes. we have a contest going on uh bigger biggest losers contest he's already the biggest loser but uh he's hoping to lose weight so yeah. at the same time <laughs> but, they got uh, some food down there yeah. man There's yeah they do oh my gosh yeah. well, they got food here because i obviously can't quit eating i haven't lost a pound I, I think I gained a pound last week, 221. So uh, we'll talk more about that later. But uh, me and Rusty and Ben are trying to trying to lose some weight. You need to put some on. Oh, That's man. what you need to do. I have not. We were talking about it before the show started. I haven't lifted in a while. Mm-hmm. So um, this is not, I mean, we can get into it a little bit. My, um, I had some health issues. Uh, I have an autoimmune, come to find out. Right. And it puts me down. Oh, man, like, that It stinks. puts me down. Well, we were talking about it right. might even be, you know, an l- allergic reaction to physical 
uh, too much physical stimulus. Right. <laughs> physical, like, yeah. yeah. That's my problem. Like I'm it, allergic I mean, to physical. It, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's laughable, but it really it, is tough. Yeah. Coming yeah, it, from, I mean, I'm an all-American athlete, um, so. wrestled my entire life, um, and then to, to leave that. And actually, that's what stopped me from competing. I was, uh, it was, I want to say it was 2000, probably 13, 2013 right. uh, U.S. Open is what I was training for. Is the first time I, I broke right. out with it. They actually thought it was hand, foot, and mouth disease because I was a, a trainer at the time mm-hmm. and, you know, um, gym funk nonsense. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'll get it on the next time right. around. You know, that was my second U.S. Open. And I was like, okay, well, um, next time around we'll go. And, you know, the plan was, my path was uh, try to make the world team try to make an Olympic ticket eventually, or at least get on the ladder. Right, you know, exactly. those, were, those were the goals ever since I was a kid. <clears throat> and man, I couldn't kick it. I was actually sitting with one of my friends and we were going through my Instagram uh, back in 2013 because I was, they made the comment like, dude, you're, you're skinny dude. I was like, you don't understand. I used to be <laughs> jacked. Like I used to right. be shredded. So I was looking for pictures and it was, it was almost sad for me to, to see um, the last picture I had posted was just before that U.S. Right. Open, just before I broke out. Literally four months later, um, I kept popping up with it, and it wouldn't go away. I had to quit my job, personal training, and, like, you just see this blank spot in the Instagram, and then the next picture is suit and tie, me going to work. There you go, yeah. Took a corporate job and, and had uh-huh. to, like, I had to find a way to make money because— That's called adulthood. You know, oh, bro, like I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it so hard. I know it. Um, I uh, ever since we started this stupid contest, you know, like I'm about 20 pounds heavier than I've been in quite some time, and mm-hmm. uh, COVID didn't help me out. I, I told this last couple of weeks ago, or actually when we started talking about the, uh, you know, I thought going into to 2020 and with shutdown, I would come out looking like Brad Pitt yeah. and sound like Charles Fight Club Spurgeon. Brad Pitt too. You know, I was gonna be a, I was gonna be a the- theologian and, and lean and mean, but um, just the other day, I'm at watching my daughter. I've got um, twin 11 year olds, and I was watching their basketball game. Mm-hmm. and uh or her basketball game and uh, i've got two older kids that are 19 and 21 and uh i was watching my daughter and i'm coaching her from the sideline which is not the the greatest thing for a coach to hear you know like the, <laughs> the parents are coaching on light but, but she listened to she listens to me and That's so why they don't like it yeah exactly <laughs> and so i'm telling her what to do and i'm yelling at her and then she does it and she steals a ball and she runs down and does a layup and she turns she's running down the court and she gives me a thumbs you know she looks in the stand and gives me a <laughs> thumbs up and all of a sudden i had this massive um like uh it felt like just an emotion go over me. Like I literally got tears in my eyes thinking, mm-hmm. man, I, you know, I'm 52. I've got 11 year olds. I've got 19 year olds, uh, a 21 year old. And I'm thinking, man, I just want to be there for my grandkids. Mm-hmm. And I want to be there her senior year when she's playing basketball oh. and she can look up in the stand. And so, and you're going to say, nice job. Yeah, man. exactly. You yeah. Did yeah. Well. <laughs> well, I don't want to be that, you know, like I want to be that fit, you know, 60 yeah. something year old, 70 yeah, year old, you. whatever with my grandkids and, uh, and my, uh, my younger kids. And, uh, I want to be there for them, you yeah. know? And so anyway, we left the, uh, yeah. basketball game and drove straight to the local gym and I joined the gym. Oh, <clears throat> so, stop it. You said so, I'm getting in. Yeah, I'm getting. So <laughs> here's, here's my, my prayers that number one, that that was a conviction because when God <laughs> convicts me, man, dude, there's nothing stopping me. Like I go 
I go straight to to the the. Um, well, there's no the gut, that uh, I'm hoping that conviction was there and it wasn't just Jody. Yeah. You know, waking up. Well, there up is no halfway with you. No, you there, know, yeah, it's pretty much full go. <coughs> yeah. I haven't known you that long, but I love it. Right, because I'm so, that way too. So once I get my teeth on something, man, I'm not letting Rit. go. So I. I say all that to say I hope Ben's listening right now because he's in trouble. <laughs> Mike, Mike Schittler said every coach's worst nightmare is a dad coaching from the stands. Oh, yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I coached wrestling for a while. Uh, yeah. Um, and even, uh, shout out to Zaleski, even an assistant coach from the sidelines sometimes, I was that for him mm-hmm. sometimes. He's like, hey, shut up. Right. It's, it's so, we talk about coaching. It's funny because my daughter is doing archery, and their coach says, tell them, you ignore your parents and don't listen to them whatsoever or talk to them whatsoever. And it's yeah. funny because they don't like when they get into archery, it's like you try to talk to them. And they're like, Mm-mm, like yeah. coach yeah. said not to talk to you. So <laughs> I'm praying that I've got conviction now instead of just a desire. Like I've had this desire to do something. Now, if God convicted me, dude, it's all over. So <laughs> I'm going to start lifting, taking my kids and all that kind of good stuff. Shredded. But, yeah, exactly. Bruge. So we me, call it me and Gabe are going to get shredded, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get Bruge big yeah. and huge. Yeah, exactly. Big and so, huge, baby. I, uh, I, um, I think the last time I lifted was I don't know, gosh, five or six years ago, and you know I go in thinking I'm still in high school, eighteen years old. I throw oh, two twenty five yeah, up on the the bar. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna show how you know strong I am. I'm luckily I'm still pretty strong you know strong back weak mind kind of deal and uh, i threw 225 up there about choked on it (laughs) i got it up but i thought i was gonna eat the bar you know there for a second so (laughs) that's me i'm not i've never had a lot of upper body strength the blower is another story but upper body about 175 i push that and i'm like okay i'm done not me so yeah so uh so for goes on, I'm excited. Um, our very first podcast, I talked about how you and I had met, mm-hmm. and uh, well, we met me you, doing a podcast. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you were actually on a podcast, and uh, John Simmons, and you were doing, um, you know, just talking about it. And he's a good buddy of mine uh, here in St. Louis, and I was just watching it, and I saw you talking about your music. And so next thing, I Google you, and I found. The one song we'll, we'll we'll talk about it here in a little bit, mm-hmm. but just really just drew me to who you were, and so I I think I sent you a text or an email, probably just an email because I didn't have your phone at the time, and I just said, hey dude, you know, let's I'd like to have you come to my church, and yeah. we played phone tag and email tag for almost two months, well, three months was, maybe. What it, it was twenty twenty still, like we were, yeah. I think I've known you. It for was at a the very yeah. It was at the very end of 2020. Yeah. Um. You know because the the everything had kind of just opened up again, and so mm-hmm. we were really wanting to kind of maybe have a concert for the community and stuff like that. Yeah. And we so, were talking about doing. I think we were originally talked about doing a worship night. Right. And um, I had been, you know, even that podcast, I had been praying. Um, I've really been on hiatus for four years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just a little bit about. You know, for those of you who don't know who I am or what I'm all about, um, I was in California and I had that corporate job that I had talked about, suit and tie job. So I left the gym world, left wrestling, suit and tie for two years. And that's about all I could take. Right. Failed on that. And uh, I was doing music full time. And so um, I did music full time for three years and then God called me out here. And so I'd been on hiatus for like four, I mean, it's four years now and a little bit, but it had been three years and I was praying, man. I was praying for, 
for God to open some doors. And that's why I've been so excited about, you know, the partnership that we right. talked about making and um, working with you guys more is because it's been just an answer to prayer of just like, man, Amen. some fervent prayer of like, all right, man, I'm here in Missouri. What are we right. doing? He's like, wait. Because I want to no, 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 man. I'm here. I'm here, brother. Let's go. What are we going to do? Because I'm like you. I'm, you know, you called me out of California, moved me 2,000 miles away from all my friends, family, anybody I know. I think that's St. Louis for you because 21 years ago, uh, God brought us here. I didn't know it was God bringing us here because I, I, I wasn't walking with God at the time. But uh, I expected to be here three years and then, oh, yeah. you know, traveling on. That Tops. was 20. Yeah. 21 years later, I'm Tops, still here. Man. So God's got me, got, God's got me here for a reason. I keep telling, I keep threatening. You're not going to send me to Hawaii to be a missionary. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can't, can't I was me. just there. Can't make me. <laughs> I was just there a year ago. And, um, man, that there's some struggles there. They yeah, need oh some yeah. people there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some yeah, there. exactly. yeah um, there's struggles because they're $8 a gallon for milk. So, uh, well, you know. uh, from what I heard from some of the Christian ministry, uh, ministries, that are there is the island what you cannot do so you can talk about jesus mm -hmm. but you cannot talk bad about any other like you can't you can't say that like, the island yeah, gods the island gods like, like you can't yeah. say that they're not gods mm -hmm. so that's like extremely frowned upon so you right. can't say like hey he is the elohim right like he is the god of gods right. it's like whoa 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 now we're, we're stepping on heritage right and, exactly and all the above so there are some there's some struggles there, man. Yeah. The first, I got to tell this story. The first night I was there, if you've never been to Hawaii near the beach during night, there are birds that scream bloody murder. <laughs> it is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard, ever. It was just, it was creepy, man. They, uh, the best I can describe it, these birds, and I think we figured out what it was. Right. I think there's, there's guarding their nests. And I think there's rats taking oh, their no eggs. Kidding. This is my, and if anybody yeah. knows what these birds are, if this is really <laughs> happening, this is what we think as a group collective, we decided these birds are making noises like this. And it's just creepy. And I think they're trying to keep the, the rats away. Right. And then every once in a while, I think a rat will get an egg and you hear like, no just like kidding. this blood curdling baby scream. And we're all lying in bed like this with our eyes wide open. I thought Hawaii was a paradise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something's gonna nightmare. drag you off the beach yeah, into this the is water. A nightmare. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> nightmare. Well, that's good. So yeah, we hooked up, and then um, we had you um, play at our our last conference, first conference after uh, COVID, and it was uh, just an amazing. We had about 150 guys, and a uh, great opportunity for you to. <laughs> you know, share your music. And, um, I really liked, uh, your style, how you brought in, you know, just the storytelling behind mm -hmm. it, you know, the, the, the way that you just, you know, sat down, we'll talk a little bit about that too, but you know, that's kind of our first, um, you know, getting to know each other. And then, and God just started doing some major stuff there where, you know, we're looking at the whole, you know, man up umbrella, the man up God's way umbrella and how this music set, um, uh, music section or this music category it just keeps coming up and mm -hmm. keeps coming up and keeps coming up and um you know we're looking you know hopefully in the future to have you know two or three major conferences a year where we you know do the the conferences and you do the music and all of that kind of stuff and so really excited about what god's doing but um you know more importantly i want our, our listeners to you know 
they they know me they've been following me for 10 years mm-hmm. um you know what because uh, we are going into our 10th year this is our 10th year as man up god's way and god just keeps blessing us so um why don't you tell you know your story like um let, let me just ask how did you get into let's just start with the music how did you get into music so <clears throat> my mom and i'm gonna apologize in advance speaking of my mom she always used to call that the singer's cough <clears throat> like constantly i can't stop it's not ever gonna get fixed um it's just rough but i apologize in advance people who are listening <laughs> to this like god this guy needs to clear his throat yeah um so my mom connie quillen uh she was actually a recording artist um in the late 70s uh or i guess it would be mid 70s uh late 80s i'm uh, sorry early 80s and um I grew up singing. Okay. So I grew up in church, grew up singing. And, you know, I grew up uh, literally just walking around the house. I just loved it. Always singing. And I would hear my mom, you went flat. Like, All right. Well, you know, I'm just enjoying myself. No, if you're going to sing it, <laughs> you're going to sing it right. So she is, she kind of led me down that path. And, um, you know, just a little backstory. My, my mom currently has Alzheimer's. You know, she hasn't known who we are in a very long time she's in a home and that's been very difficult for me because this is a you know someone who showed me showed me the direction right. like hey this is a possibility you can do this and now as i try to navigate the industry and i try to navigate doing it i don't have her as a resource anymore oh, you know okay. and it's just very i mean that's that's probably the toughest part for me right. is like she doesn't get to see that come to fruition um she had um she had forgotten who we were you know, long before I did my first album, right? You know, I think she got to she went to the studio with me when I did my first album. And I was back in probably 2000, I would say, oh, maybe 14, 13, 2000. Yeah, it had to be 13, 14. And there we had moments, you know, where she said, Hey, you know, this is great. You know, I don't know if she knew who I was, but right. she was like, she's in the studio. She's happy. Right? <laughs> she doesn't care who it is. That's great. <laughs> um, but I, I did music, so I, I left that corporate job. Right. I grew up in the church. I left the church completely. I guess I'll, I'll go backwards a little bit. Grew up in the church. Left the church completely around 18. And I grew up very Levitical. Okay. You know, like, do it and I'll spank you. Right. You know, if you drink, you can't go to heaven. If you oh. smoke, you can't go to heaven. All law-based. All right? law-based. Yeah. And now, like, as a... As a, I would say I'm probably a reformed Christian. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite theologians, C.S. Lewis, uh, is a pipe smoker, right. right? And I fancy myself a cigar smoker, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm in good company, you know. We're gonna keep it in there. Um, but I grew up believing that, you know, at, like you're going to hell. I mean, my church was even like these other churches mm-hmm. in our community. They're going to hell too. I'm like, man, it's gonna be a tiny group up there. Right, when we yeah, get exactly. to heaven. Yeah. It's gonna be small. Now, I do want to give them some grace because <clears throat> they all that came from a place place of love. Right. First off. And secondly, that's how I perceived it. That mm-hmm. might not be how it was being taught. Right. But man, that's how I took it. So I didn't yeah. want anything to do with that. You know, when you're 14 years old and you hear um, you say, Don't commit adultery, I say, if you even think about a woman. Right. You've committed adultery. I'm 14 years old. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. I've committed adultery like 30 times. That, yeah. yeah. And we're in the middle and of church. Days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Don't, we're in trouble, man. Yeah. I'm going straight right. to hell. So I left for that reason. Um, 
And I, you know, it was sex, drugs, rock and roll, college. I wild out. There was still some. There was still some hesitation there, as far as like I didn't go crazy, crazy, but I, I went pretty hard. Right. I mean, um, uh, the uh, the tipping point for me was after college, graduated, went out to Hollywood, and um, it, things went great. Two thousand ten, um, had a manager, had an agent, had a record deal. Right. All within a couple months of showing up, actually. Um, I showed up, had a girlfriend. Like, everything just kind of fell into place. Shout out to my little brother, William. He paid for a year. He paid for me to live. I paid my rent consistently because um, I told him, hey, man, if I'm going to make it, I need to focus. All these right. people I'm moving, I'm moving into this house. All these people are focused on, like, making money and then trying to do auditions. Right. I'm going to go and I'm going to grind. Right. Yeah. And so it, it was great to call him like a couple months. I was like, got a record deal. The wicked easy. Right. <laughs> got a manager. Um, I think uh, month number four, I was playing. I played the American Music Awards. Um, was it their pre party? I think it was their pre party. That same year, I danced at the official Grammys after party. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, things were really, wow. things yeah. were going. Right. right. Uh, and, uh, man, it all just like. <laughs> gone in a flash right and it came so quick right. that i was like oh i'll get it back like it took me three or four months to get it it'll take me three or four months to find it again it doesn't like people who are out there yeah. they'll tell you you can go i mean that was a shot and it just fell apart my uh manager actually was based out of europe and his work visa expired <clears throat> and so he was like i gotta go back to europe but our record labels there if you get yourself to europe you know, it's a thousand dollar plane ticket. We got you from there. I got a studio. We'll put you up. You know, I had no music yet. I was a unsigned artist no, other than him. You know, he had right. signed me, but no records or anything. He had just seen me play in an audition one time. Um, and he was like, dude, we're going to sign you for sure. You just start following me around. He was booking me gigs at all these like Hollywood elite parties and right. I was playing and making some money. Anyway, all that went away. And I just fell into this deep, deep, deep depression and not a follower of Christ, right? Um, and I was staying in my buddy's parents' laundry room slash garage on, like, an old mattress. That's where I was sleeping, right? That was my home. Right. Uh, I had moved out of that house. I uh, wasn't going to make my brother pay, you know, for stuff if I wasn't actually getting signed and making money. And I was thinking about just taking my life. You know, I was thinking about <coughs> um, ending it. And I remember praying this prayer of, listen, I don't know if you're real. But if you are, you got two weeks. Show up. Don't. Right. Doesn't matter. I'm out of here in two weeks. So you better speak to me, whatever. Don't ever like, man. Don't tell me he'll <laughs> he'll show up. I was gonna don't do that because I did that when I was sitting on the beach in Africa mm -hmm. doing the same kind of thing, where it was like almost ready just to walk away, and it's like you got to show up, and then and <laughs> he, he sho definitely shows up. Yeah. He shows up in some in some big crazy ways, um, and he really started speaking into me. And I, I try not to. This is another callback to my mom. She gave me so much wisdom. I try not to share everything that God speaks to me and promises me. Um, until, uh, until it comes to fruition. Cause right. I feel like, uh, there's a Jordan Peterson quote, um, careful who you share good news with. Right. Exactly. You know, 
And so I, I hold some of that stuff pretty close and I'll get to share some of the miracles in this podcast that, you know, that he's, he said, and then brought to fruition. And, um, so one of the things that, <clears throat> so I'm praying, he shows up and I'm like, there is definitely a God. This is freaking me out. Mm -hmm. Right. This guy's speaking to me right. or I'm going crazy. Right. Right. Which is very possible <laughs> at the time. You know, think about taking your own life. Maybe you are going crazy. So I was uh, I was working at a MMA gym uh, as a coach there and a trainer. And um, I had applied for the grad program at Cal Baptist to go back to school. And I was praying and I'm like, okay, God, you're real. You've spoken to my life. Like you showed up. I'm like reading my Bible every day in this like laundry room. Like, oh my goodness. Like it's coming to life. Um, my brother, he told me, so I, I kind of walked him through this and, uh, I was like, I know there's a God. He spoke to me. Right. What do I do now? And he's like, and he's just went through, <clears throat> he just went through the ringer. Um, went through a divorce and, and he walked his own path back to God. So he's, he's maybe four or five months ahead of me, right. maybe six yeah, months ahead of me. Cool. And he's like, I got you, dude, read <laughs> Romans, just go read Romans. Oh, and man, I'm like, I'm good. like, okay. Like, and, and I'm like, yeah, but dude, church was bull crap. I didn't say bull crap. <laughs> right. I just found you. Right. <laughs> and he's like, I know, I know, I know. It's nothing what you remember. Like if you just go read right. it. It'll come off the page. And I, so I start reading things like there are no con there is no condemnation for those in Christ mm -hmm. Jesus. And I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. I don't know what condemnation means. I'll look it up. And condemnation means a strong distaste for one's actions. There is no strong distaste for one's actions. Once you're in Jesus. Well, hold on a minute. That's completely different than what I was taught. Right. I was taught this, you know, do it and I'll spank you. Yeah. You know, you have a beer. You're going straight to hell. Then I find out, really blew my mind because I'm so, you know, legalistic that Jesus drank wine. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, right. uh, this is so much different. Now, I'm not what I'm not doing. I look right at the camera. I'm not promoting, you know, gluttony or drunkenness right. or just getting wild. That's not what I'm I'm not opening up the coffers for that. Um but what I'm saying is the legalism that I grew up with mm -hmm. was shattered, oh, totally. right? And I right. had this whole new view on God. So um, <clears throat> I go back to grad school. Um, I end up being an assistant coach uh, over one of the assistant coaches, second assistant to Arsene Alexanian, good friend, uh, Lenny Zaleski, great coach. Um, and again, shout out to him. I, he had to deal with me. I was still young, full of fire and probably messing up half his matches yelling from the sidelines. That's <laughs> yeah. even worse than a, that's worse than a parent. Yeah, hey, yeah. you should do this. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> you should not do that. <clears throat> but, um, man, those were, I've never had a job where, and we, and we've gone back and talked about it. Like I've never laughed so much. There was so much joy cause I had just found Christ. Um, I had a, a, a boss who was a believer. I lived with him. Actually, I moved out of that basement <clears throat> into his house. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, That's, moved, moved yeah. out of that basement into his house for yeah, maybe five, maybe five, six months until uh, someone in the master's program that I had met um, in those five months. They had just bought a house. They were like, hey, if you live here. Um, I'll let you live for free. You just do all the work. So that like God's just like opening doors, making things happen. Um, I have a, a a godly mentor of sorts and a boss who's and this guy. When you talk about 
you know, dedication and discipline, mm-hmm. 5 a.m. every morning. I can hear him making coffee. It made me feel lazy. So I started getting up at 5 a.m. with him to read. Um, and he's <clears throat> he was reading these dense, like, theological books, right. too. Like, it's kind of like yeah. N.T. Wright stuff, <coughs> right, you know, exactly. the, the ones that you've been mm-hmm. uh, jumping in. I've read some of his stuff now, too. Um, but, man, I've never had so much joy. Like, we That's laughed awesome. every day. We had so much fun. We had pranks and everything. Isn't it amazing? Like, if you think about, you know, the way that you grew up and the way that you looked at people, and you're thinking, what a joyless group of people. And then all of a sudden, you actually receive Jesus Christ, you know, and, and the fullness of Jesus. Yeah. like, oh, that's what it is. And I think a lot of times, you know, especially when we're younger, what what we look at is um, we don't want to change. So we, we chalk it up to legalism. We chalk it up to, um, you know, they don't understand me. We chalk it up to all mm-hmm. these things like you know, at 52 years old, I can look back now and I see the kids that are coming, you know, through uh, not only my own kids, but, um, you know, the kids that come through the church. And it's kind of like, oh, if you could just grab Jesus right now, your joy will be fulfilled, you know, to that part. And it's not it. There is a lot of change that goes on and, and he's going to ask you to do a lot of things. But you do those because now you understand the joy, you understand the love, you understand the grace, you understand the mercy uh, because he's bestowed that upon you all of a sudden, not only through his word, but through his spirit where you feel that a little bit different. And it's kind of like I look back on my life and I go, man, I just wish I could have grabbed a hold of that at 12 years old instead of doing what I did. Well, I have, I have those thoughts too, but then I like, I realized that, if I didn't have the messed up stuff, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have no, the same. Exactly, I yeah. wouldn't. Ha- I yeah. wouldn't write the same. It's your t- yeah. You're right. You're right. You know, it's your testimony. I mean, that's different. you know, God. God knew exactly what He was doing. It wasn't. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, <clears throat> I I tell this story quite a bit. You know, with uh, with Gabe and Evie when they were younger, I uh, I used to hold their head. You know, they were you know really little and they were just walking. And I could hold their head. <laughs> you know, just enough to that I could let them, you know, feel like they were walking Uh, on their own a little bit. And then I grabbed their head and I'd (laughs) I'd turn them around, you know, up, you can't go that way. And no, you can't go that way. You can't, you know, so, you know, they would walk off and I'd, I'd, I'd move them and like bridle them basically. Yeah, exactly. If you'd look at the, the path that they were walking, you know, it could be at the mall or in the park or whatever. I just didn't want them to get away from me far enough that, you know, I couldn't, couldn't I couldn't get a hold of them. I always relate that to the way that that's the way that God was in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I look back when I left the church at 12 years old, I see his hand in all the stupidity, you know, but it it was one of those moments where I could just, you know, I look back on my life and I could see that he was grabbing my head, you know, just enough to get me to, to St. Louis, you know, like, there's no reason I should be in St. Louis other than God himself. Agreed with you, me as well. You know, what I mean? you know, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. So it's it's that moment where he just turned my head and put me over here. And the next thing I know, I go to this church. I give my life to the Lord. And, you know, 17 years later, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has just, you know, really moved in our lives uh, and my whole family's life. And it's that moment where you can just tell that he's maneuvering your mm-hmm. life and, I say all that to say is that um, you had to go through those things in order for you to to be where you are yeah. today and to write like yeah. you write. Yeah, exactly. definitely. I think it's definitely um, shaped my music. It's mm-hmm. so different than what, you know, 
what you hear in church, what my mom did. It's such a different path of the way that I, the way that I communicate my walk. Right. Um, <clears throat> but and you, the, I'm a lyrics guy. Yeah. So I, I really like lyrics. Like I, it has to be. Yeah. <clears throat> I have to. I have to hear the, the like. I, I don't even feel the beat, so to speak, until I hear the lyrics mm -hmm. like the lyrics have to move me and i'm listening to lyrics i know the lyrics and of all the songs and i really like i would almost say it go as far as love i love your lyrics like Thanks, because man. they do they do come from a place of brokenness they yeah. do come from a place of uh sometimes darkness and sometimes you know there there's that that moment of joy uh in your writing as well and I've, i really enjoy um the words and um I, I you know i think that that's all because of the walk that you've had to walk yeah and i think it's i think it's a little bit of the stubbornness that you know he put in me that that brings forth this this struggle um i identify with people like david i identify with people like paul um who have this darkness in them that have you right. know this struggle um paul says you know if if i agree with the law you know, then it's then it's not me who's sinning anymore. You know, I the things I do, I don't want to do. Right. You know, I wish I could stop doing these things. Um, this is actually a really good example of how like the stubbornness um, kind of plays in, and that's how I ended up at Cal Baptist in my boss's you know house, living with him. <clears throat> I was still in this basement, not basement, side garage. It's <laughs> LA. They don't have basements. <laughs> I've been in, that's how you know I've been in Missouri too long. Yeah, exactly. this, oh, yeah, I've been right. in this basement. basement. Yeah. Um, this laundry room right. slash side building in Hollywood. And I'm thinking about going to get my master's. And I'm thinking about maybe staying on and just focusing on the fight game and, you know, doing MMA. I got buddies who are who are just starting to do it and they're kind of making a name for themselves. And I'm like, dude, I could like I could do this too. I was right there with them. And I'm praying about it. I'm like, God, show me, you know, you spoke to me, show me what I should do. Right. right? And I'm pretty, I'm hearing pretty clear, you need, I need to go back to Calbab. Right? Mm. I Like, I'm a new Christian. L.A. Right. is not the place for you. Right? And I'm like, just let me know. And he's like, yeah, you should go to, go back to Riverside. If you could tell me. That's <laughs> <laughs> when exactly. you, you start arguing. You speak? <laughs> yeah. like, please he's, speak. Like, he's all, dude, you hear me. Yeah. <laughs> so... Man, it's been like two weeks, and I'm like, just give me a sign, mm -hmm. Lord. Uh, and no joke, <clears throat> I am driving to one of my buddy's bachelor parties, uh, and I'm driving my brook. Dude, my brother William, I probably owe that dude a bunch of money, but <clears throat> I, I think that's a, this is the second car I wrecked of his. So I'm driving. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, I, bro I wrecked both of my brother's cars. Shout out to my brothers. They're good brothers. I'm driving to a bachelor party, and it's an old Ford Ranger. If you know those Ford Rangers, right. like the 90s, they got these back ends that are super light. We actually right. had sandbags right above the tires because they were so light. My S10 was the same way. Oh, man. machines. You have to yeah. put sandbags during the winter in them because <laughs> yeah. they won't go nowhere. So I'm driving, and I swear to you, somebody hits me. Someone hits the back end. And flips me around. I'm on the freeway. I'm going like 75 miles an hour. Flips me around. And now I'm flipped around. 
and I'm going backwards on the freeway, right? <laughs> I'm going backwards on the freeway as fast as you could possibly go on the freeway. Right. And this lady's coming towards me, and I can, I mean, I can vividly still see her face to this day, just white knuckles on the thing, oh screaming and slamming on the brakes. Ah! <clears throat> I am calm. Like, this is one of the calmest, coolest collected I've ever been in my entire life. I tell her, I'm like rolling like this, one arm on the seat. I've already gear shifted down. It was a stick shift. So I got it in neutral and I'm like, stop your car because we're still moving and she's still like driving with me. And she's right. like, oh, she gives me a nod like she's right. going to stop. And I'm like, I got this. Seen one too many Fast and Furious movies. I'm like, Paul Walker. And I whip it. Is it too soon to say Paul Walker? He, he would think it was funny. Yeah, uh -huh. So I whip it. And I didn't know that no one hit me. The tire was gone. The tire oh, had no exploded. Kidding. Like, when I say there's nothing there, like, exploded and shattered. <laughs> You're riding everywhere. on rims then at that point. <laughs> yeah. So when I flipped around and I, and I, uh, I turned it to the right, so I was pulling it right. driver's side. And my back just sunk in, dug right into the blacktop, flipped me upside down, and psh, now I'm sliding. Now I'm just sliding. Ah, in the, the, and I know, the car. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm flying upside down, and uh, I, I pop my seatbelt. I stop, and I know I'm, uh, I'm in the freeway. I'm on the fast lane. Like, this is all bad news bears, right? right? And so I look real quick to see if a car is coming. I don't see a car coming. And, and I actually see one, but it's super far away. And I'm like, they'll see me. They'll stop. As soon as I click my button and I like hit the ground, I flip around. I realize that I'm looking the wrong direction. The car that I see is far away because it's driving, driving away. away. Right. And I'm like, oh my. And I, man, I'm army crawling out of this car and I pop up and the car's sideways in the road and there's this uh, Honda coming right towards me and just doing the bounce. Beep, 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 just skirting right <laughs> towards me. And I'm like, whoa, and I hop up. Uh, that guy hops out and he's like, oh my God, that's the craziest thing I ever seen. Anyway. That whole story to say, that was my only means of transportation. I am quite literally f maybe 45 minutes away from L.A., five minutes away from Riverside. And I'm like, well, looks like that's a sign that yeah, I am going back to school. Riverside, back yeah. to Escuela. Right. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> so back to school. Did that great times, man. Two years, a year and a year and a little bit over at Cal Baptist as a second assistant over there. Just joyful times, getting to know God. Um, I literally gave up. Um, I gave up talking to girls for two years. Um, I was just, man, I, I was just way too promiscuous as an unbeliever, and I had all these unhealthy ways of going through relationships. So my brother had me going through Wild at Heart. I read Not a Fan, Kyle Eidelman, right. which is a great. Dude, a I mean, great those are two. Yeah, Two great book. books, really just shaping my my newfound relationship with Christ. And then, you know, back started getting back into competing. And right, you know, at the end of that is when I hit my my autoimmune breakout, mm. took the job, um, corporate job, did that for a couple years. And and, you know, then felt a calling to say, hey, I'm going to do this. You know, if I don't try music now, I'm going to wake up at 50 and say, what if I would have given it a shot? Right. You know, what if I wouldn't have halved it? What if I wouldn't have tried to do gigs while I was working? You know, right. I already did it once. I had a record deal. Like, I'm not going to ask anybody for money this time. What if I just do it? And so I did. I quit my job. And uh, I actually quit in a meeting um, 
with a guy who was sh- he showed up. I was a manager of one of our locations, and he showed up to tell all the managers how successful you could mm-hmm. be. Like we did door knocking, and he's like, if you could knock on a door, you could do anything. You know, you don't have to be right. selling graves and doing insurance policies. This is a great business, but shoot, if you can knock on a door, you could sell anything you want. And the entrepreneur in me is like, oh snap. You know, I do I do have the guts to go knock on a door. I talk to right. I could sell my I'm a children's book author. I could sell my book. Right. I'm a musician. I could sell my I could sell stuff. Let's go. And so literally I start doing math in the room while I'm supposed to be learning how to like, you know, sell insurance right. better. And I go, Oh, I think I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit my job. <laughs> I, I'm gonna quit oh my yeah, I quit the next week. I quit the next week and uh jumped into full time music. Did that for three years. And that was great, man. I was I was building I was building a name for myself in Northern California. Um, three years in, I had two tours under my belt, and they're tours that I'm putting on. You know, right. I'm, I'm finding uh, we had a band <clears throat> that we had uh, hooked up with, Kingdom. Uh, all my buddies. What time frame is this? So this is 2000 from 2014 to 2017. Okay. Um, I was in California doing commercials doing acting, doing music, uh, doing PA work. So behind the camera too, just on film sets, literally just traveling around California, having the time, like having a time. Like I having so much fun visiting friends from college, sleeping on their couches, didn't have a house, basically homeless for, you know, three years of it. Um, My mom at the time was going through some, like she was getting really bad. Got to spend a lot of time with her and my dad during that three years. But you know what? That was a blessing too in itself because like I got to spend some moments with her while she could sit. She can't speak anymore. Um, She's forgotten how Mm -hmm. to speak. And I got to spend some moments with her where she could speak. You know, most of the time she didn't know who I was. Um, I look like my dad a lot. She thought I was my dad most of the time. Um, but sometimes she would know who I am and she would, you know, I'd be playing music in the church. My mm-hmm. dad's uh, a pastor and, and she would walk over and she'd sit down and she'd listen and she'd pray a little bit. And um, then she'd walk, she'd get real distracted, but she'd walk out and every once in a while she'd give me nuggets. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of the things she told me that's just amazing. And I was going through a rough time during it because, I mean, you think, just in dating in general, as you get older, is hard. But dating without I don't a, have a clue. I've been married. <clears throat> well, yeah, well, years, with dating so. <laughs> without a real job, you know, yeah. that's tough too. Yeah, that's true. And too. you know, yeah. it, it looks very yeah. unprofitable and yeah. very not intelligent to to pursue. Like I'm pursuing. I'm 36, man, and I'm mm. still I'm still doing this thing. And um, she uh, she had, I had just written a song, and she kind of stood up, and it was silent. I said, "What'd you What'd you think?" She didn't say anything. She kind of looks at me, and this was like a moment of clarity. She said, they're going to tell you to stop. Everyone's going to tell you to stop. Mm -hmm. They're going to tell you it's not worth it, all the above. Do not ever let this go. Not for anybody, not for anyone, not for me. Just don't. Don't ever stop. And it was, man, that was tough to hear too because this is coming from my mom who did stop. She stopped to have a family. Mm. Now, I know that my mom loved us from the bottom of our heart. But I also know, just based on that statement, that a small piece of her wondered what if. Yeah. 
what if she wouldn't have stopped? And that's no detriment to the choice she made. You know, I had great conversations with her um, about, you know, how uh, my dad, bless his heart, he asked my mom to marry him probably when he was maybe 18, and they got married when he was like 30, 32. <laughs> he stuck it in. He said, I like her, and I'm going to stick with her, and I'm going to keep asking. And, and she, man, she had just some amazing things to say about my dad when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, because me and my dad didn't get right. along when I was um, when I was in high school, you know, so I'd be, oh, he's a, he's a, he's a piece of crap, and he's always younger. Right. And she just set me straight with how amazing of a man he was, and all the above. That's so, um, so I know she didn't, she didn't fully regret that, but it was great to have that reinforcement of her saying, "Don't ever stop." So all this is happening in California, and I, man, I just had my first Super Bowl commercial. Um, I had a an Apple um, print ad that was running. Uh, I had like three or four lower end commercials running in San Francisco, um, and it was getting to the point where if I was out in San Francisco or because um, it was a Giants commercial that ran for the Super Bowl, mm. San Francisco, you know, Giants huge, and I would be out and people would stop and be like, "Hey, hold on, I, I know you. Where do right. I know you from?" You know, be like, "Oh, you probably seen in the commercial or or this or I did this," and or friends would call me um, on something I didn't even know was out, like. Dude, what's up? <laughs> I'm uh, one of my buddies, a uh, good friend from uh, high school. This was a cool moment. He was at AppleCon. Um, so Apple Conference does this huge conference every single yeah. year, but they announce new products or whatever, and he's a nerd, straight nerd. Chad, you're a nerd, bro. <clears throat> he's a that's nerd. That's my, my kind of place. Yeah, he, he has stuff. some stupid tech job. <laughs> I call him for tech help all the time. I love the guy. Um, and he hits, he goes, oh, uh, who are you? You know, like, I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm sitting at AppleCom, and I got to stare at your ugly face. And uh, he puts it up. The CEO of, of Apple is up there talking, and he's explaining a new product. And I'm, uh, it's the print ad that I had running. And he's like, dude, you're freaking, you're doing it. You're doing it, bro. Just keep it up. Shortly after that, um, man, God, God tugged on my heart and said, we're moving to Missouri. You know, with, without getting too much into it, I was uh, playing weddings a lot. Had a wedding planning business, did a friend's wedding. And uh, I had met this girl at the wedding, and she loved Jesus, so we kind of hit it off super, super quick. Like six weeks into it, I'm like, all right, well, you know, she lives in Missouri. I'll check out jobs in Missouri. That ended like right after that, right? But I had already put in some applications just to see what was Mm -hmm. out here in Missouri. And one came back for a worship leader job. And man, in my quiet time, the Holy Spirit said, Hey, I want you to take that job. And I was like, Are you out of your <laughs> mind? The only person I know in Missouri is some chick who don't want to date me. I'm not moving to Missouri. That ain't happened in a million years. Right. <laughs> and man, I just could, he just kept prompting, prompting, prompting. So I'm like, Okay, I'll interview. I'll interview. So I fly out and I got it. This is a long story. You stop me, you know, at any time. Oh, um, I will. <clears throat> I will. Keep going. Keep going. Um, so I fly out for an interview for this Farmington, Missouri. Um, in, uh, United Memorial was the church. Mm-hmm. Um, thousand bucks a month. That's all they're going to pay me. Right. And God's saying, we're going to uproot our life. Super Bowl commercial and all, you know, local notoriety. Uh, and we're. We're moving to Missouri. And um, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, if 
if we're going to do this, fly it to the interview. Church is small. I'm not feeling it, right? And I met this guy on the plane, uh, Ezekiel, uh, spoken word, Poets in Autumn, mm-hmm. a good dude. We ended up actually doing a film together later on. Um, but we kind of it took a red eye, and we connected in the red eye and uh, met him at the baggage claim again. And he's like, man, I feel like this is divine appointment. Like, we were supposed to meet. Like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm here checking out a worship job. He's like, I do Christian spoken word. Why don't you come to the show Saturday night? Because I feel like we were supposed to meet. I'm not saying my stuff's like, like his stuff is that great. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, I'm not trying to pump it up. Or, and I'm like, no, for sure. Like, that's why I came and talked to you again at the baggage claim. Because I felt like the Holy Spirit was right. prompting me to, to continue the conversation. Um, man, I, I go to the interview. I'm like, I don't know. They even asked me, what would it take for you to move to Missouri? I said, God himself will have to come down. <laughs> like, I told her, straight up, and I'm notorious for quitting jobs yeah. in the interview. Right. Yeah. Um, and I said, he would have to come down and, and say, mm-hmm. straight up, sit next to me and say, take the job. And <clears throat> I'd been praying about it. I'd been focusing on it. And and when I say, I keep looking at the camera, when I say God straight came down and said, you know, take this job, it was the last skit they did. It was a skit on Paul and Silas and why um, some people in ministry have to be broken so others don't have to be. Right. And man, I'm just, dude, I'm just like, no joke, weeping. By the way, like, <clears throat> Poets in Autumn leans hard African-American crowd. Right. I'm the one white boy in there, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, whoo, whoo, crying. People are getting distance. They're like, this guy's, I don't know what he's going to do. He's going to shoot up the place. <laughs> um, and, uh, man, um, he, he said two things. He said two things, and I felt like he had been quiet. And I don't usually, like I said, I don't usually share what the Holy Spirit tells me directly. But he said, um, I see you. And I'm here. And it was basically saying to me, if you want, <clears throat> and just to clear the just to clear the air, anyone listening, um, when I say the Holy Spirit spoke to me, it's the Holy Spirit is your voice who speaks to you in wisdom, usually things you don't want to hear about yourself, and wisdom that you don't possess. Right. And he doesn't talk the way you talk. Um, he said, I see you, and I'm here. And so I said, okay, all right, we'll do this. You know, verbally, I'm saying we're going to do mm-hmm. this, but I wasn't fully committed yet. All you right. know, I went home. Are you sure you're not <clears throat> with me in California? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Not well, Farmington, Missouri. It, it doesn't make any God. sense, yeah. right? Uh-huh. No, I was like, none of this makes right. sense. Especially and, Farmington. And even you sure that wasn't Satan talking to <laughs> you? <laughs> I still got doubts. I still got doubts uh, because it's been four years, and man, I'm still like he's he's bringing yeah. promises like forth right now right. that are great. But in even Ezekiel, he was from L.A. Right. I'm like, I'm in L.A. every other weekend. Why you got to put us on a plane to Missouri to get me to meet this dude? Like, you can do this anywhere you want. Why are we doing That's it cool. here? Um. Anyway, these are two miracles that he made happen uh, to get me to come here. Uh, I put a fleece before him. You're not supposed to do that. And this is actually part of the story that you heard that mm-hmm. I told on the other podcast is I said, okay, this is crazy. I'm losing my mind. But if you really want me in Missouri, I need about 20 grand. And he wanted me there. It was uh, October, end of October. He wanted me there in January. It's like the job mm-hmm. starts in January. Like, okay, well, I need 20 grand. 
I got to pay off some bills. I had like $36,000 in credit card debt. Did not know how to manage money to save my life. Horrible right. with money. Just never learned. You know, never learned. Um, and then I needed money to get out here, too. Right. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping on couches. You know, I have these commercials going, but I'm trying to pop off and write one big check to all these people I mm. owe money to. And uh, my brother's buddy shows up and he's like, hey, I got a job for you. And um, I said, no, you don't understand. Like, I need some money, money. Like, I don't need I don't need a job. I right. need, like, cheese. And uh, he said, well, it pays four grand a week. I mean, geez, how greedy are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it doesn't really pay four grand a week. It was cleaning up California fires. Huh. And at the time, it, man, it really was God breaking me because I had this huge beard like down mm -hmm. here, all nice and oiled, had this big pomp going on. And he's like, yeah, it's four grand a week, but you got to shave your beard because you got to wear a respirator. And, oh, man, he just broke me. I shaved my beard. I ended up shaving my head. I worked for two months, um, saved it up. And it was after Christmas, just about ready to get into January. Mm -hmm. And God's like, what are you doing here? I said, go. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm making great, like four grand a week. I'm making some right. money right now. Don't you want to, like, don't you want me to be a man? Don't you want me to be responsible? Right. You know, I could buy a house out there and all these things, right? And he said, I said, go. I said, okay, I'm going to put another fleece before you. And again, this is not good <laughs> theology. Yeah, you should not be doing this. <laughs> Just do what he says. <laughs> Flip the car on a freeway. Uh, don't be so stubborn. I said, okay, somebody in that, church has a place for me to rent for $250 a month. Um, and I've confirmed this with Natalie Miller. She was the girl who really had a hand in hiring me. <clears throat> and her husband, actually, Adam Miller, who's a filmmaker that does, did my last music mm -hmm. video. Good. Right. Th these guys are lifelong friends now. Uh, I called her up and I said, hey, I think someone at the church has a place. God's telling me someone at the church has a place for me to rent. Didn't give her a price. She comes back. She's like, we got a weird situation. Um, our office manager's husband his mom is in a home and she just needs her mortgage paid she can't make any money because she's on assistance mm -hmm. so um if you pay the mortgage the house is yours two bedroom one bath and i'm like oh what's the mortgage she's like 250 <laughs> like, oh, i literally teared up and like i'm in <clears throat> i'm in my That's brother's awesome. kitchen and i hang up the phone and i'm just like crying in the corner of the kitchen he's like what is wrong with you i was like i gotta move to missouri he's like Listen, dude, you've been saying that for two months. Like, I get it. And I'm like, no, like, I leave. I think it was like Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Right. And I was like, no, I leave Friday. Like, I leave tomorrow. I have to be there Sunday. I have 48 hours to get there. And I, no joke, packed up my stuff that night, got in the car, um, and drove to Missouri. Like, literally drove. And that was 2017. That was the very end of 2017. <clears throat> okay. And I'm like, I'm here. There was no, like, I had no money left in the mm -hmm. bank after that, by the way, because I took all that money that I was making, and I put it down on those credit cards trying to get, you know, get squared up. Away. I got, I walked into that house, empty house, sleeping bag on the floor, no money, I got $10 in my bank account, and I am just screaming at the top of my lungs at the sky, <laughs> just so angry. All my family has told me, like, don't go. This is the biggest mistake all of your right. life. I had two friends that my buddy Chad mm -hmm. and my other buddy Daniel said they were trying to meet me at the airport. They were like probing Windsor flight and blah, right. blah, blah. like they were going to have an intervention. Right. They Keep thought I was there. like chasing some chick and I'm like, I can't even explain to them that it's not that. Like, what do you tell, what do you tell your friends who aren't believers? 
the creator yeah. of the universe telling me to move to Missouri. Yeah, it's exactly. just like this guy's losing his mind. So you moved here 2017. <coughs> yes, sir. Um, you're still the worship leader at the church. No. Oh, so you moved from there. Okay. So um, two years. I did two years there. Okay. And um, <laughs> this is how God works. I So I got about no money, and um, I was doing Instacart. Okay. Ugh. It was, dude, it was the most humbling experience I've ever had in my entire, I got a master's degree and I'm like, this person wants frozen yogurt. Okay. And then we got to find a Coca-Cola. You know what my hourly rate would be at Instacart? Like <laughs> it would be like 30 cents an hour. Cause I couldn't find, I was serious as a heart attack. It's you, not easy. I could it's not, not easy, but once you get into it, it's actually no not too way. bad. My son makes uh, around 20 bucks an hour doing it. Uh, if I go to the grocery for my wife, I spend $400 and I didn't get anything that she needed. Uh, literally. Like it was that's so bad. And maybe yeah. even be a little bit more than that's, that now, but it, that's now though. So I it used make, to be different. I wouldn't make any money whatsoever. Well, that's about that. how it was. Okay. I thought I was like, yep. I'm going to go in here yeah. and I'm going to make some cash. I'm going to, I'm no. First off, it's Farmington, and it was new in Farmington. There was no one shopping. Right. Right? Yeah. And so, and then you had to buy their bags. You got to buy their bags to start. So then I was like, and they're 15 <laughs> you're, you're bucks. You're the whole <laughs> They're 15 bucks a piece, and you had to buy three of them. And I'm like, oh, man, here's a credit card whole... again. There's my bad spending habits, right? That's here's so a credit awesome. card again. <clears throat> um, I ended up, I looked everywhere for a job in St. Louis, mm -hmm. and I could not find anything um, that was paying over like 30, mm -hmm. you know, and with my student loans, with the degrees or whatever. And right. it, man, I was like, I can't, man, I'm better off doing construction. Mm -hmm. Um, or you swinging a hammer and making more money than right. that. Um, and I broke down and I, man, I felt God saying, Hey, hit up, you know, hit up dignity Memorial, your old, your old company. And I'm like, we left that four years ago man we walked away from that right. um and he's like i called you to do worship you're gonna be bivocational and we talked mm -hmm. about this like yep. hey <clears throat> it's a thousand bucks a month that ain't gonna pay your bills you want to pay your bills mm -hmm. go get a job he's just growing me up that's good and so man i ended up at another location i did that for two years and god really blessed me at that location mm -hmm. Um, blessed me with Natalie Miller, helping me get my finances in order. After about two years, no more credit card debt. Um, had most of that paid off, and I was starting to save money. That's great. Uh, got turned on to some great books. If you, man, anyone who's listening who struggles with finance, Richest Man in Babylon. Is a, it, that is the Bible of finance. Uh, grab your Bible, and then the next book is Richest Man in Babylon. That'll, it changed my life completely. Yeah, um, and it, it got my finances around, and... And God blessed me and, and put me into places where people would speak into my life, tell me what books to read. And, and that's all I was doing, sleeping on the floor for mm -hmm. two years, didn't spend a penny I didn't have to, eating rice, beans, like just scraping. Uh, saved up some money, drove two and a half hours every day commute from Farmington to St. Louis because that's where I was working. Right. Did that commute. And um, after two years... How, man, I was trying to speed up God's plan for sure. For sure, for hey, sure. When you typically do that, you usually get in trouble. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he did, man. He, 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 little slap on the wrist, and it was nothing bad. He actually blessed me even further. So I left that church, um, and, you know, it was tough. We had some problems at that church, and I, I think they're doing much better now. Um, and some of those, you know, some of those wounds right. and hurts have actually been healed from the struggles that we have. I've never faced more spiritual warfare than I've ever faced in those two years of me serving at that church. 
um, Natalie and Adam, um, who were there with me, and, and shout out to Glenn Mohan uh, as well. I spent a lot of nights with them praying and and crying and struggling over mm-hmm. trying to you know trying to break some just old hurts that they had there yep. you know um, yep. i walked into 100 years of history yeah exactly some hippie from that's california hard do, that's right? hard to do in, in a church and you know a lot of times uh we want to come in and just you know blow the church up and start all over yeah let's do know, this sometimes yeah. and uh, that's not not always the way. Sometimes it is the way. You yeah. know, sometimes that's what God needs is a, a new, fresh mm-hmm. spirit in the church, and um, that happens, and it's always good. I, I counsel quite a, you know, or I shouldn't say counsel. I talk to quite a few pastors, disciple, you know, them over the phone sometimes, and I've got quite a few buddies throughout the, the nation, and uh, you can just tell that, you know, a lot of times they start f- trying to figure out what, what battle they want to, you know, die upon. You know, mm. what, oh, hill, yeah, what, what hill, hill they want to die upon, what battle they're going to the get curtains. in. Yeah, exactly. Ah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, you just hear that all the time. And unfortunately, that's just, that's, that's not only in church, that's yeah. in business, that's in uh, families, you know, it's in uh, the school system. You get those, uh, you know, kind of things going yeah. on. So it happens. Well, I wasn't making it easy on them. The fir- yeah. My first Sunday, my first Sunday, uh, they, they got me, and I'm not even mad at them for it. They they pulled they pulled the fast one on me. All the pictures I had never seen. So there was a sanctuary, and then there was a fellowship hall. I had never seen the fellowship hall. I had only seen pictures online. There were stock images. Oh, were they? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I walked in and not what oh, I was expecting. Great. And so I'm there, like first Sunday, like oh my god, this was not what I thought. And uh, I man, I probably wear a hat everywhere mm-hmm. I go. I. I have gray hair, but I just, I like the way I look with a hat on. Usually a beanie. I'm rocking a beanie. So I'm back there. I'm talking to everybody as we start. And a target player comes up to me. He's one of the older gentlemen in the church and great guy. Um, Really, man, uh, Mark really just knows how to love people. And uh, he goes, I just want to tell you. And he's got this accent. I just want to tell you. Already some people. I'm not saying it's me, (laughs) but there's already people murmuring about the hat. What are we going to do? And I, and almost in tears, I was like, listen, I'm 2,000 miles away from home. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody. I'm keeping my hat. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I, uh, I didn't help the situation right. at all. Yeah. I was like, I'm keeping my hat. Yeah. Uh, but that was, that was great. <clears throat> so I'm trying to quit. And I'm, uh, I had already left the church, and I told my boss here in St. Louis um, – and I told him this day number one, too. I was like, I'm going to quit you in a year, too, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm like you. I'm moving to Missouri. We're going to go in, like, you know, stealth, get in, get, get out, get out yeah. and then get back to California, get back to some place, get back to a music town, right. right? That's what I do. And so I tell him, you know, I'm going <clears> to <throat> probably move to Nashville. I've got enough money to probably buy a house now. You know, I've, I've mm-hmm. saved up. God has, like, flipped my finances upside down, and I'm not teaching prosperity gospel uh, i am teaching rigid man of babylon books start following those rules right, like exactly. uh, that'll teach you how to use smart money spending. yeah smart yeah. spending and um i say i think i'm gonna move to nashville i got a new producer um shout out to ryan corn who did my last uh ep all my lot i think there three songs three singles through him does amazing work um and i met him through natalie and adam you know god Good, just kind of right. putting some pieces together and i'm gonna move to nashville he says okay um, 
while you are, where are you going to live? I'm looking for a spot. I'll rent something here in the city month to month, uh, a room somewhere, and then I'll move out as soon as I can. And it was probably December. It was December uh, because we were doing our Christmas party. And then uh, my boss's boss found out I was looking for a spot. He said, we got a, we have an apartment. Like the company owns an apartment. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'll look at it. Like, where is it? He's like, it's above a funeral home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, whatever, man. I sleep on the floor. Like, what do you got? Like, I'm not even worried about it. Uh, And so we go check it out. And I'm like, dude, this is actually a pretty nice place. It's not bad. Um, What do you guys want for rent? He's like, I don't know. It's paid off. Two fifty. I was like, oh, we're staying, aren't we? And I'm like, God. And I, you know, I tried to like hide my emotions, but I got back in the car and just took a deep breath. And I was like, we're staying, aren't we? Like, what is like, what is going to happen to where you're going to? How are you going to convince me to stay? Mm -hmm. Because I got the money. I'll rent this apartment, but how are you going to convince me to stay? It was. The next year was 2020. That was the end of 2019. You didn't have a by, choice, did you? <laughs> by March of 2020, the entire world shuts down. And man, if I would have moved to Nashville, yeah. I would have been so screwed. Yes, you yeah, I would have had a new mortgage, no way to make money down there. I would have been looking for another, you know, yeah. uh, funeral home, like grave spot. Can I sell insurance yeah, around exactly. here? Like, what's yeah. going on? Two years go by, you know, mm. and I and I know a lot of people struggled in 2020. Um but I had financially, I had the best year of my life. Um, and that's just so you guys know, we don't make money when people pass away, you know? So it's not like, Oh, people died. You made money. Right, no, no, exactly. no, no. That's not how, right. that's not how insurance works in the funeral home business. Uh, you know, we only make money when someone does something in advance. And the great thing about, you know, the way that technology is today is you don't necessarily have to live somewhere else to do, yep. you know, especially with what you're doing outside of touring, you know, I mean, there's plenty of stuff, you know, around here, you can get your name out there, yeah. um, different things like that. So, well, so now you're, you're worship leader where I'm, I'm a worship leader now at middle tree. Middle tree. Um, okay. So I took about a year off and just worked through COVID mm-hmm. and again, still trying to get to Nashville, mm-hmm. you know, 2021 came around and I'm like, we're going to Nashville. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're not <laughs> shut up. Sit down. Um, I ended up meeting, um, meeting a producer out here who does really great work um, in St. Louis. And he was telling me a uh, shout out to John uh, Strandall. Uh, I'm working on with a couple uh, songs with him right now. He was telling me that what you just said, St. Louis is a hub. I can get anywhere in four hours, Nashville, four hours. I can drive there. KC, four hours. I can Mm -hmm. drive there. California, hop on a plane, four hours. I'm there. I mean, you got Chicago right here. Chicago, like, and and the airport here, STL Airport is Mm -hmm. like, I'm. I guess I'm putting this on blast. People are going to start moving here. Like, there's no one there. Right. Yeah. Like I'm in and out. (laughs) You can get it. Yeah. Exactly. I park my car and I'm on the plane in a 30 minute time window. Right. Like it. It's just so easy to move in and out. The living expenses are cheap to be here. Um, it's a hub. So once I met John and we talked about working together, I antied up and took another worship leader job. Um, so I've been doing that for a year. Middle Tree Church, uh, Pastor Brian um, Schmidgall, say his name right. right. Uh, he's a great guy. I love working with him. Uh, the team That's there great. at Middle Tree, um, their whole concept uh, is what kind of sold me on them. They, they were in the middle of an African-American community and a white community. And they were like, we're right in the middle of this line. 
mm-hmm. this divide. We want to we want Christ's church to be the middle meeting point right. of That's those great. two spots. So, yeah, man, I'm in Missouri. I actually just bought a house. So I'm here. So you're stuck. I'm, I'm okay. stuck here now, man. So uh, let's talk about your music. Um, you know, really, once I heard your interview and, and then uh, I Googled you um, back in 2020, the very first song that I heard was called Welcome Fear. And, dude, I'm telling you what, I I probably have half of your like or your views on <laughs> YouTube because Thanks, I keep man. showing people, I keep going to it. And uh, so I, I, I want to talk about all your songs, but specifically this one. Um, how did you come up with the concept? Like, where's the, where did the lyrics come yeah. from, the music? And then I've got... Uh, I'd like to play some of it for our audience and uh, let yeah. them hear it. And you, you want to just start with that? Let's do that. Play a little yeah, bit. Let's do and, that. Uh, we'll play that, and then we'll stop here in just a minute. You can. This is uh, Samuel Fragosa. Uh, Welcome, fear. I love <laughs> that. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just love the way that that sounds. I mean, I don't know why, and, and um, I know why. I like the lyrics. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a lyrics guy. I was telling you that before the podcast yeah. started. Man, I just love the the, the lyrics themselves. And, um, you know, there, there's a moment where you have to have boldness in, mm-hmm. in life in general. And uh, it sounds like you're basically saying – Bring on whatever you got. Yeah, um, and yeah, you can kill it. Um, yeah, if you guys, man, if if you guys can give me some love, uh, that that music video came from my move here. Mm-hmm. I mean that that album or that single, that music video was all the move here. You know, the story that I just told of how I how I got here. Right. I mean, there's even little bits of of um, the beginning, you know, of of my mom in there. The fact that um, there's just so many layers. So it the song starts out with, when I was a boy, mama told me I should guard my soul. Now I'm a man, and all that remains are pieces to hold. Mm-hmm. And, I, man, I, f- I feel like that. I was 33, 33 at the time. That was probably three years ago, four years ago. Um, and there's something about being in your mid-30s and single. Mm-hmm. And... 
you know, when you go through relationships, I've been very, very close to being married a few times. And but you've never been married, never right? Never been yeah, married. Never it just hasn't, it just hasn't played out. And man, it feels like there's just pieces of me left. I had a, mm-hmm. a good conversation with a friend recently of like, man, it's tough to date because I have so many walls that I've built up over the years. And then I'm an ornery 30, I'm turning 36 this year. I'm <laughs> an ornery 36 year old who's set in his ways, you right. know? And so you have that, you know, pulled up next to this step into the unknown. Mm-hmm. So um, the the single cover is, uh, I think it's a picture of pallets that are burning, but it really looks a lot like a ship is why, right. why I chose it. Um, Cortez, burn the ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my good buddies, David Razo, who's one of the only people who told me that I needed to come to Missouri. You know, I told all my friends, my family, mm-hmm. they said, don't go. David took a deep breath like he does. He said, man, you're really great when your back's against the wall. Like you are, you are one of the most tenacious people I've ever met when your back's against the wall. When you're comfortable, you're comfortable. Right. And, you know, it's, it's kind yeah. of a, you know, it, it was a compliment in one hand, but it was a little bit of a backhanded compliment too. When I get comfortable, I get comfortable. Right. I, I think that, that happens with everybody. Right? Complacency sets in, man, and we just, whether it's with God or whether it's with our job or whether it was a passion or even relationships, you know, marriages, mm-hmm. you know, complacency kicks in and it's kind of like, you know, just I'm not really going to put any work into it mm-hmm. and nothing really happens after that. Yeah. You know, it that it doesn't really grow. Um, you know, that's, that's always my fear with, uh, you know, with teaching and preaching. Like, I don't ever want to get complacent. I mean, I want God moving me and, you know, challenging me, growing you, you know, yeah. growing me. And um, the same thing with my spouse, you know, my spouse and my children, man, I, I don't want to get complacent with them. And you can't do that with, a you know, something like music. I mean, no. if you get if you get complacent, you see you you see when artists get complacent. Yeah. You know, they're, they're no longer artists anymore. Yeah. You know, um, and that's cool that he challenged you, encouraged you to to step out, you know, in something that's uncomfortable because yeah. that will grow you. And and most of my lyrics too are very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this is a secular song from a Christian perspective. Right. Like that's the style of my music. People ask me now, "Hey, you know, what kind of music do you play?" Indie pop. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, "Oh, I thought you were a Christian artist." I am a Christian artist. And if right. you're listening to the song at all, yeah, you like, can hear the Oh yeah, man, I'm yeah, talking exactly. about Jesus. Um and I literally say his name multiple times in in other songs. Right. Um and there's maybe one or two worship songs that I have, but the stuff that I normally do doesn't play in church, but it is about the stepping out. So um fear itself, you hear that old mm-hmm. saying, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Like right. that's what this is. Um if you step into fear, you actually find some of you find greatness you find things i wouldn't have this amazing story if i would have sat on my butt in california and said oh that that girl didn't like me and okay well i guess i'll just go keep trying to get famous and i probably would be further along the famous trail right now if i would have stuck with it right but i would probably be far less wise i would have far less perspective my walk with Christ wouldn't be as tight. I wouldn't have these. I'm That's telling you good. about miracles mm-hmm. that like, man, he has blown my mind. It's stuff that I'm even skipping over. My first my first Sunday, that Sunday where I wouldn't take off my mm-hmm. hat before church started. The reason I was so bold, like I'm keeping my hat. 
a gentleman walked up to me. I got 10 bucks in my bank account. And he says, hey, uh, I was talking to God last night, and he told me to give you this. I don't know if you need it, but envelope full of cash so I, could, awesome. so I could eat, eat for yeah, the next exactly. three weeks because they weren't right. going to pay me for three weeks. Like, there's little sprinkles of just miracles that he's done in my life to get me here. That's and so good. I, I remember when my wife and I were going, uh, getting ready to go to Africa, we were sitting there renting a house, and it was one of those things where I had to put my resignation letter in, you mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. to my job that I was doing. And we put our resignation letter in. I handed it to him, and I walked to my mailbox the next morning, not knowing where we were going to do. We were short about a thousand bucks on, you know, cash that we needed to have turned in. Yeah. Opened up a envelope that was in our mailbox, and sure enough, there was a check for a thousand bucks from a friend of mine who is a missionary in Africa at the same time. It, it's, it, you know, and God does stuff like that. It's just crazy. That's and, cool. But you don't see those things unless you. Unless you step out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next the next verse that we actually heard was, um, where do you go when you can't go home no more? Right. Like, that's that's the emptiness. And, like, I, I had no home. So um, my dad um, had, it was no longer a pastor. Um, my mom had, within, like, a couple months of me moving to Missouri, and this is one of the hardest things that he, that I ever heard was, um, you know, my mom three months in and I knew as soon as I left, something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just felt that, you know, he told me like, it's going to be fine right. when you leave, it's going to get bad, but it's going to be fine. You just get that peace about it. My mom uh, had an episode, had a seizure, um, and ended up in a home. I literally had to f- three months in mm, man, four months stinks. in, um, I had the church actually paid for me to go mm, home. That's awesome. Um, I forget who I'm remembering this right now. I forget who put the bill up on that one, but someone bought me a plane ticket to go home, see my mom, uh, spent three nights in the hospital, um, sleeping next to her, um, and walking her through that, which was ugh, awful, just horrificness. Yeah. Uh, she's still alive. She's still she's alive, okay. but again, she's just in a home and, right. and can't speak and can't really take care of herself. Right. But, um, that was the feeling like my dad didn't have a home. He had to move into a trailer. Um, so there was no going home. Like, even if I, right. even if I went home, the closest thing to home I could do is my older brother's house. Who's always been like a, a pseudo parent, you right. know, um, cause I went to college with him and he kind of mm-hmm. showed me the ropes. So he's always been one of those figures. And I know he hates that. feels like he's got to <laughs> toe the line for everybody, right. but I love him for it. Uh, him and his wife, um, I lived with them for those two months that I was working out in mm-hmm. California. I live with them. Right. So, uh, yeah, well, where where do you go when you can't go home no more? You you, you are stuck with just God. Mm-hmm. It's God and you, and I've never felt so alone, but so close to Him mm-hmm. at the same time. There's I a wish people could understand that. Like it's such a hard thing to to get people to understand the to even to describe it. Like yeah, to even describe what having having the power of the holy spirit indwelling in you uh to know that he's there with you um because of your faith in Jesus that gives you not only hope you know that's that's really what i think more than anything it gives you the hope that now i know when i die yeah. i'm going to heaven but not mm-hmm. only that i'm also i'm i'm uh 
I always have a friend, so to speak, yeah. you know, like I always have a friend in Jesus. Like there's always someone there. There's always that, um, that, that understanding. And what's even cooler than that is when you really grasp that and you step outside the four walls of your own home or even in your mind, sometimes there are other brothers and sisters out there that know exactly what that, what is. that hope is and what yeah. that is. And now you have this fellowship, which we call the church that allows you to be able to not feel, you know, like my family, um, uh, is, is, uh, I love my family. My blood family is, mm-hmm. is, you know, my life, but also my church is, is yeah. just as much, you know, that that's my family as well. And so when you have that and when you have the, um, uh, that, that, that ho- the Holy spirit in you telling you, man, you're, you're okay. Like it's, it's going to be okay. I got you. And, you're not alone and you don't have to feel lonely. So it's really, really cool when you feel that it's hard to explain to other people. Like I was just reading a a newspaper article yesterday. Actually it was Saturday and it's talking about um, the death rates between 18 year old and 49 years old Mm -hmm. uh, for those with non COVID related um, deaths. Okay. uh, Have increased substantially based on, Drugs based on depression. alcohol, based on depression, yeah. based just on in this suicide, last just years. in the last few years. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Based on um, uh, hopelessness. Yeah, you know, literally, that's all. That's all I can look mm-hmm. at it, and it's it's hopelessness that they don't have the hope that we do. I think that's the difference. Like, it, you know, I don't want to misconstrue how lonely you still are. Mm-hmm. Like when I say, right. when I say, and this is not flattering for any man, like I'm, like I said, I'm an athlete. Um, I consider myself to be a pretty hard individual. I'm saying weeping, like loneliness. That's so bad that you're weeping and literally like having to reassure the Holy spirit that I'm not leaving. Like, right. like you, you want to quit. You want to go home. You want to to run to safety, mm-hmm. you know, you want to do anything but be in Farmington, Missouri, right. sleeping in a sleeping bag in an empty house. Right, exactly. You know, no furniture. I didn't have a couch for two years. Like, l- legitimately, one room had just, like, nothing in it. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up renting that room out to um, another kid who, who needed some help. And he had a bed, but I didn't. I slept on the floor. <laughs> like, that was the only furniture was, like, his bed. And there was, like, a little kitchenette like cheap table with right. with two chairs and that was the house yeah. you know and a and a piano that i stole from uh stole from well, the I, church I, I, <laughs> I don't i don't want people to think that you know especially if they're christians that they won't go through depression oh yeah uh, that it's they won't there. feel hopelessness but it's not near as lopsided. Well, you I don't know, think it's hopelessness. Have, yeah, it's not hopelessness. It's because just, you you have that little. But I think inkling. it's the complacency we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, when we do get complacent, when we do all of a sudden allow the flesh to take over the spirit, those moments will start. You know, feeling like they're a lot bigger than they really are yeah. a lot of times, and uh, maybe that's where you were. Um, and there's nothing worse than knowing that your mom and dad are. All way, uh, you know, all the way halfway across the United States and struggling, and you can't be there for them. So, well, they're not even a, you know, they're not even a car ride away. Yeah, exactly. They're they're a couple couple days. Yeah, exactly. They're a couple days away for me to see them, and and I've gotten used to being on my own. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got three nephews. I got a niece, 
um, it's tough to watch them grow up from 2,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really, really hard. And, um, but, uh, man, it is it is walking towards the fear. It's stepping into the fire. Right. It's, it's welcoming that. Uh, the whole line, you know, when the hills are on fire. Um, and you go, got to go back to a Jordan Peterson quote. Um, who are you going to call when the wolves are at the door? Right. You know, when the hills are on fire and the wolves He's are at the door. He's getting ready to give his life to the Lord, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to him for well, quite some have you, time. Have oh you read uh, Maps of Meaning? Uh-uh, I have not. So Maps of Meaning is a very, very dense um, textbook mm-hmm. on how he compartmentalizes um, religion and all the above. And he's very much not a believer. Um, and everyone kind of like pegged him as like a Christian at first mm-hmm. because he's he's so introspective and he has all, all this um, all this wisdom behind it. He knows the scriptures actually right. quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently, I believe he just sees them as as great architects, uh, architects, archetypes, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, and great stories to build mm-hmm. your life off of. And he's not wrong. They they are. Um, but man, that that statement of like. You know, this is the whole concept of Man Up Ministries, which mm-hmm. is why I loved what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Is and this is this is a quote too from John Eldridge. Um, the church has done a really good job of making weak men. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not. When you think of a, a strong, tough man, right? The last thing on your mind is a guy who goes to church, and that's our fault. Right? You know, yeah, that's exactly. that's our problem mm-hmm. um, that we've created as a church. Um, and that's why, man, you go back to dating. That's why Christian women aren't attracted to Christian men because they're not, they're not men. Uh, We got, there's a, there's a, a low key epidemic of, uh, and this is all social media stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Just me following TikToks and whatever. And I'm everywhere. I just shouldn't be on social media so much. We were talking about my <laughs> yeah, screen exactly. time. It's just horrible. Yeah, I'll um, look at mine real quick. Oh, my. I'm terrified to look, man. I'm terrified to look. I'll look while I'm talking. I'm, you're I'll supposed be to be on social media fast. No, I'm done. Them. Oh, you're done. done. You're yeah, done with yeah, it now. Yeah, okay, done. okay. I've only been off for like a week. Went, it's already he went it's from horrible. Fast to gluttony. Oh, it's gluttony <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, so but there's a bunch of accounts. That so are five hours and 41 minutes. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll triple you okay. easily. I've um, been trying to watch it. There's a, there's a bunch of different accounts that are talking about um, the struggle that single Christian men right. have. They're like, we can't even get these Christian girls to date us. Like, these Christian girls, they want to date these bad boys and try to fix them. Well... Part of the problem is, like, you don't have an edge anymore. Right. Like, I really love Jesus, but I will double-egg you into a wall if I have to. So we literally have, so we have 878,000 followers on Facebook. 63% of our followers are women. That's that's crazy. They're trying to figure out how to get their man-to-man up. up. Yeah, they're either trying to figure out how to get their man-to-man up or um, they want to... They want to know what a, a godly man is, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's part of the problem is we, the church is not showing what a godly man is. You know, we don't have enough men living a godly, a holy, a righteous life, you know, um, learning to, uh, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And they're not, uh, imparting that into their marriage and they're not imparting that to their kids. And, and that's a, a scary thing because we need more and more of it for sure. Hey, Rusty, hand me that cup over there real quick. 
Well, it's it's interesting to see. Um, it's interesting to see like some of these conferences, like yours, uh, a few men in my church over at Middle Tree. Um, they just suggested, hey, there's a men's retreat. We got to do this. Like, how do we speak to our men? And what do we do for our men? And and this is not to say that women's ministry is not important. But mm-hmm. if you if you do focus on men's ministry, the women's ministry really takes care of itself. It's like um, if if a man is acting correctly, mm-hmm. his wife is pretty happy, like happy oh, wife, totally. happy yeah. life. Mm-hmm. You know, if she's unhappy because right. her man's not acting correctly, mm-hmm. you know, and he's he's wiling out. You know, we have um, and there's there's people who are in the church who. Um, Still, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that bad if I go to a strip club. Right. You know, it's like, dude, yeah. bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, it is bad. Hold up. Yeah. Forget, forget religiosity. Yeah. But uh, I was reading something the other day just on the studies of what, like, pornography mm-hmm. and, and the dopamine and the unnatural. That stuff doesn't happen in real life. No. Like, you're not. Mm-mm. That dopamine uh, connection that you're making, it's unhealthy pathways that you're making. It's, that it's you're not pretty much the same pathway as heroin. That's exactly you know, what and that's that's that the was saying, issue. Yep. And there's more more than one problem with pornography. It's um, it typically will do one of two things to men. It'll either make them the minute man, where they or with their spouse or with their girlfriend uh-huh. or whatever, and you know, one minute in they're done, and because they're th- in their head, all they can picture are the these stupid, other things, all these yeah. other things. Um, and the uh, second thing is is that they because of the uh screen because of you know the pornography because what they're watching um it doesn't turn them on that's yeah. the other problem you know now their spouse who's doesn't want to now do they're all, impotent yeah yeah they don't want to do all the stupid stuff that you know that they see on you know pornography and how sad is it that you know your wife could be laying in the other room and you're watching porn yeah <laughs> like that's a that's a total sidebar but i'm just saying like that's that's pretty sad well, you know pursue pursue your spouse um pursue your wife as much as you do trying to hide yeah. pornography imagine well, that i'm and i'm not sitting here saying that like oh i'm i'm above pornography like, I, i'm a 36 year old single dude, dude. i, was I addi- struggled i was really. addicted big time yeah um and only by the grace of god did he he get me out of that you yeah. know uh i have porn blockers on every one of my devices if uh, literally if i were to look up something right now you get some phone calls it would go to my (laughs) wife and my elders so you're good (laughs) yeah exactly so um i can't i gotta be careful with that but uh yeah so let's let's go back to your music um the 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 conference that we had um Mm -hmm. last year and then you came and did it and you did worship and then you also did a set where you literally just sat down at the piano and you sang your songs and you told the stories behind yeah. it. And, uh, man, I was just, I was really, most people were moved by, you know, what you did and how you shared with it and where you're, where you're potentially headed to it. The one song that you and I talked about prior to, um, the podcast what was the name uh, of that drunk. Drunk, okay. Drunk, yeah. uh, a very open and honest song. It's going to be a big hit in the Christian community. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, f- for me, again, I'm a lyrics guy. Mm-hmm. I love the lyrics, and um, I, it just really resonated with me because, uh, you know, it's it's an honest conversation mm-hmm. is what it is. 
I mean, yeah. I think, you know, just with yourself and just with the world and you're having this conversation, you're being very vulnerable where most people, and that, that's what I don't like about Christianity a lot of times is that we, we want to be so staunch and so, uh, you know, hotty toddy. And the next thing you know, um, we have this air of Pharisee, Pharisee, mm. Pharisee in us, um, where we're, you know, standing on the street corner, praising, you know, praising yeah, God, yeah. raising holy hands so everybody can see us instead of being open and honest. Mm-hmm. Um, one I, of the, I like one to of the call gra- it a, a pharmaceutical prescription for life. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. One of the greatest stories I think in, uh, I think in the Bible where it talks, uh, you know, especially uh, about that is when the, um, when the guy's standing there and he's like, and, and there's another guy kneeling t- at, with him at the altar and he's standing. I mean, he's like, dear Lord, thank you. I'm not like this guy oh, next to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's a, that's, uh, well, that's a Kyle Eidelman, not a fan. That's not a fan. There's a whole chapter. chapter. And that's where, you know, that's where I, I, I love that story because the other guy's just saying, I am broken. I am I'm broke. I'm broken. Um, I don't know where else to go. I'm laying it all out in front of you. And the way that you wrote this song feels like that's the way that you were. Yeah, well, I, I say it's tough to say were. Or it are. Am. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's a concept. Yeah, I wrote exactly. this song. I wrote this song. Now, I want to be clear. I don't, I don't struggle with drunkenness, meaning... The desire for me to go get plastered, mm-hmm. gone. I have that. I mean, I'm getting older too. That's probably a lot to do with it. Yeah. That sounds miserable. Hangover the next two or three day, days. A couple yeah, glasses. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I have a couple glasses of wine at dinner, I'm like, oh, I better hydrate before I go to bed. Right. You know. Um, so, but this song does come from spots where, you know, if lonely. Um, sometimes when I am lonely, uh, I will grab a drink. And um, if I do have too many drinks, it's typically by myself. You know, it's by myself, and uh, I have, uh, this is so nerdy. I gave my buddy Chad crap about being a nerd. I'm a nerd, too. I play uh, video games with my college buddies. And so if I'm having a drink, it's probably with them. They're not there. Right. But I'm online playing video games with them, sitting by myself, having a drink, and we're up till like, 2 in the morning just being idiots, right? right? And so... um, the, well, let me, uh, I'll preface it with this. The song chorus is, uh, when I get drunk, I get less lonely. Little more sad, but a lot more heartbeats. Even though it's hard to sleep, it's hard to dream, it's hard to breathe. When I get drunk, I get less lonely. So this uh, so good. It's it's <laughs> this. Uh, I love your voice. Well, you're loving. You, you're saying. inserting. I mean, you were there at the conference. Yeah, so you're I inserting was. the piano and yeah. all the other things with it. But um, you know, it's uh, the, the verse. Waking in the morning, pressure feeling my head. Yeah. Right. Um, I can feel sin progressing. It's plotting my death. It's not what I want. It's not what I'm wanting, um, or a love of regress. It's a heart that's hurting, wanting life to arrest. Like mm. there. There are times that I still struggle with, man, I don't want to be here. You're right. Like I'm I think everybody struggles I, with that from from yeah. t- you know, from time to time, depending um, on the situations. And so we get this we get this idea and I do. I when I when I have a couple drinks, you know, I'm a like I said, I'm a cigar and whiskey person. If I have ma- maybe three whiskeys, which is a lot uh for a guy my size, I I feel a little less lonely, like I'm happy. 
Like, right. You know, uh, um, a lot more heartbeats, um, but a little more sad. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, I'm not lonely because I'm usually like chatting it up with right. my buddies, or I'm I'll like I'll have a whiskey and I'll play the piano mm-hmm. and I'll just like I'll put on a concert for myself, um, right. and uh, or I'll Facetime my brother back home. Um, but man, there's, uh, a little more sad. I'm a little more sad, but I feel a little bit more alive. Yeah, it, it, right. That, more heartbeats. Cause I'm that's alive. That's the crazy thing about alcohol. Right. You it know, does that it, to you. It does. It does all those things too. I'm a, I'm an alcoholic. Um, I can't, I can't yeah, you drink can't even at play all. With it. I yeah. can't even look. I haven't had a drink in 17 years. Good for you, man. Um, it's it was huge. 2000. I guess it was 2004. I'd given my life to the Lord in 2003 and 2004. Um, you were talking about jobs earlier, you know, quitting jobs and all that kind of stuff. My last corporate job was 2004. Um, Lord told me to quit drinking, and I was going on. Oh, I, I was going on. Did story. I tell you the story? Yeah, because yeah, I have a similar <laughs> one. I like it. Get it. And so I was going to this corporate meeting in uh, Virginia, and like all the guys throughout the week were calling, Jody, you coming to the meeting? I was like, like yeah. And, and here <laughs> I'm telling my wife the whole time, like, I've got to quit drinking. Like, I'm a Christian now, and I gotta, I've got to quit this. And um, I think I'm gonna step up and help the youth out. And I, they can't see me drink, and mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm battling. You know, me and God are battling with this, like. You know, because I came into Christianity going, you can't tell me that I can't have a drink. You mm-hmm. know, I do understand that I can't get drunk, but yeah. you can't tell me I can't have a drink. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had this battle going on. Because that's, I mean, I, that's, it's tough to, to fight that because you're like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's biblical. Right, exactly. Yeah, you can but, do that. You know, yeah, you're I'm also, arguing with God, right? I'm also that's justifi- an argument with God. I'm also justifying. You know, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I'm thinking, oh, two or three drinks and, yeah. you know, how drunk is drunk, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. I'm like trying to, you know, figure out the, the how, <laughs> that's how, how you know you're probably not how, in a good spot yeah. when you're like trying to get the formula. Where how you're close just right can there? I get to it's not a sin? Like, that's where I really want to I want to party. I don't want to party. Yeah. But I want to party. And so I go to this weekend and i'm you know my wife prays for me i get on the plane i get there and i'm not on the ground 15 minutes and we're already Uh, just sloshing it up and it was a uh, german company and in my drunk like to drink exactly (laughs) so we were drinking big time but somehow when i got drunk i said something about hitler uh to my german company and so this you said w- something about kicking your butt in yeah, World War. Yeah, exactly. They were talking about the American soccer and German, How bad we are. German soccer. We get, I think they beat us at that time. And I said, well, what about World War II? We kicked your butt, blah, blah, blah. And Hitler this and Hitler that. And so that Tuesday I had a meeting with uh, my boss. He showed up here in <laughs> St. Louis and had uh, the old uh, infamous breakfast meeting um, and uh, so that was about a- it. after we got done and he uh he came to me and it's not my proudest moment ever oh, like this whole not. weekend just kind of so he i get fired on that tuesday and he's like man i need to get your laptop and all this <laughs> ben, ben just ben just popped up says make sure you tell about the laptop yeah <laughs> <laughs> And he, so he, we go to my car and he's parked about 10 cars down uh, and uh, I'm down here and I take my laptop like a Frisbee and oh I slide God. it down the parking lot. Like, Here's my laptop. <laughs> and uh, Real good Christian. So, yeah, real good Christian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, uh, edge. <laughs> so that that was my that weekend was the last time I had a drink. And good for you. Um, 
you know, I was, I was still working on all those things. And I say all that to say that, you know, that there's those moments where, um, man, sometimes you've got to, you know, you got to take a stand and, and, and get those things out of your life. For me, I, I can't have a drink. Yeah. I can't, I can't drink. Um, I couldn't even have a glass of wine well, because I know where I would you know go. Where you're I know go. exactly where I would yeah. go. I never, I never drank because I enjoyed the taste. I drank to get drunk. Yeah, that's and, you know. And thinking, of, thinking of your song was always that you know, um, I wanted to be the life of the party. I wanted people mm -hmm. to to know who Jody was. I wanted you know, like mm -hmm. I'm not kidding, dude. We would sit down for um, dinner. And before the appetizer got there, I had two makers marks down oh, just yeah. like that, boom, gone. Yeah, that's and not. Yeah, again, that's it, you're drinking to drink. I was drinking to drink, and drink. Um, you know, it. Yeah, I got drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I hated those days. Yeah. You know, I look back on it, and they, yeah, sin is fun. Yeah, you know, for a, for a but, season. You but, know, and that th yeah. those moments, I just kept going and going and going, and mm -hmm. so. What uh, comes out of it, what comes out of drinking to get drunk is never profitable. Right. Um, and this, again, is not an anecdote or a solution. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny that you said that you, so was, when I gave my life to Christ, I gave up a lot too. Mm -hmm. Talking to girls for a couple of years. I gave up drinking for two years. Right. Um, it might have even been three. At the time, I was working for Cal Baptist, so it was super easy. Because mm -hmm. um, they, they have a no drinking policy right. for all staff. And um so that was that was pretty cake, and I forget when I started to because I I had those thoughts of like, well, hold on, you know, it's in the Bible, I know it's okay, but I had that thought: Am I? I used to drink like that. Mm -hmm. Is that what I'm going to do with it again if I get it? Right. You know, if I have a drink, is that what's going to happen? Right. Um, and I think I had one with my brother, and I had one, um, and we just sat and talked, probably. We actually ended up talking theology to the, mm. like the wee hours of the night, um, and you know I for the time, and that's not to say that you know, at some point God will tell me to all right no right. more, you know. But there is definitely a certain time that in a Christian's life, especially if they're growing in the grace and knowledge, mm -hmm. I think He will tell you, you know, to stop. Yeah, you know, because there's 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 enough. I, I've always been of the adage: what has what good has alcohol done? Mm -hmm you know, for uh, a lot of people, if we're using it to, um, you know, the Bible says be, be sober minded, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, yeah. uh, that's in all things. And again, I mean, we could go down a, a total rabbit trail there and I'm not, I'm not condoning, you know, yeah, and you know I'm not, I'm you're not condoning it, and I'm not promoting it. Like no, that, no. And I'm know. not, I'm not, and I shouldn't say condemning you. Yeah. For, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I'm not telling everybody to go out. Hey, right, if you, exactly. you're a Christian, you haven't drank yet. Now's the time yeah, to go exactly. grab. No, well, hold, hold on. Like exactly. the, the Holy Spirit, man. Right. When I say, it's, it's, <clears> when I say there's listening, man, yeah. he's going to tell you one day because there, as a Christian, there is the above reproach mentality mm -hmm. that we have to yeah. have a lot of times. And, um, and that's, that's God's timing. God's yeah. going to, God's going to do those in your life. And for me, it was 17 years ago. And, you know, uh, again, I don't think having a drink is a sin. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we got, we've got to be very careful with, uh, you know, with the addictive personalities that people mm -hmm. have. Oh yeah. Americans don't do anything in moderation. No. You know, yeah, like we're not great at it. Anyway. You know, there's some people who do, uh, but just look you know, at the drive-through. Yeah, historic, <laughs> historically we don't. Large, and it's interesting. Extra large. Like I've seen, and especially people in ministry, like I've seen um, God ask 
certain things of some people mm-hmm. and not of and not others. Of others. And not I, of I others. agree 100%. Like there's been um and and this is the thing like man when you when you sign up to do whatever he says like if he did tell, if he tells me to stop drinking I'll be like oh that's a bummer cuz I'm a, hopefully he doesn't say cigars cuz <laughs> I really like those too. Um, right. Uh but you got to be down for whatever. I've always whatever. told people that it doesn't say in the Bible that you're going to go to hell for smoking, but you may smell like you've been there. So. <laughs> That's okay. I like the smell. It's good. <laughs> uh, they, uh, man, y- you have to be willing. Like, man, I-, I picked up everything and moved to the middle of the country. Yeah, you did. If he says change your choice of beverage, oh, I, I think you know, you're going to. I'm going to do whatever the man says. You're a says, person yeah. that's going to listen to him. And oh, again, 100%. I think that's cool. But I. You know, this song that you wrote is is literally because that's what alcohol does to you. You know, mm-hmm. there are times that it makes you feel, you know, like you're not lonely mm-hmm. and then it makes you sad. You know, to, like yeah. the, in the in the lyrics so, that you had there. So this is great. The second verse of the song. And I don't want to. I mean, the song's not even out. Probably John somewhere going, shut up, dude. We're not done <laughs> with that thing. Uh, but the second verse of the song starts talking about other things that. Replace alcohol, right. you know, social media, mm-hmm. um, attention. Yeah. You know, we have all these other things that this, I was looking, I really tried to find my screen time. I do not have, Just oh, there it is, perfect, perfect timing. Oh, it's pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> seven hours. Is that just today? That is the last two days. Last two days, yeah, because we're on hours. second day. So, I'm. I mean, I'm pushing four hours a day on social media now i mm. podcast i mean i'll listen to podcasts on here i do youtube videos on here i drive i listen to spotify so like you know um there's a lot but this there ain't no difference right. you know if you're out there and you're sitting there we talked about kyle Eidelman, and you're listening to this the um chapter that we're talking about is uh, i think the title of the chapter is you might be a pharisee if if yeah and then it goes through you might be a pharisee if you said god thank you i'm not homeless right god thank you i got money mm-hmm. god thank you i don't struggle with addiction you might be listening right now and be like wow, jody's right. an alcoholic mm-hmm. thank god i'm not an alcoholic right, exactly. well you might be a pharisee mm-hmm. because yeah. the bible says i say you should not commit adultery mm-hmm. but if you even think about adultery like you're unclean, period. The only way yeah. you're getting into heaven is if Jesus speaks on your behalf. So you're no, you're no rose. Exactly. I got. That's the problem with the church today is that we'll, I'll, I, c- I can easily pick on alcohol, mm-hmm. but what about pride? Oh yeah. You know what about you know what about unforgiveness? What about you know? Mm-hmm. There's so many things that, you know, we tend to or gluttony. Gluttony. I mean, you know, holy cow! Every church has a banquet or potluck <laughs> or. What are they, not potluck, they call them pot, what do they call them? I don't know. Don't, <laughs> yeah. A lot of Shindies. churches don't believe in luck, pot, uh, yeah. oh shoot, what was that? Pot. Fellowship dinners. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> fellowship dinners, whatever, yeah. and then uh, we overeat always, and so there's all kinds of stuff, and well, that's wh- where. While we're on this, is um, you know, it, um, as far as your music and stuff, is there a place that people can go listen to a few of them now? Yeah, so uh, I'm on Spotify. All right, um, we'll go ahead and add that. Yeah, link. you can add the link um, on Spotify. There's a, a you can add the link to the music video. I think I sent you that one yeah, over. Yeah, we've added that. Um, so. My Instagram is where I do most of my. You know, hey, what's awesome. up? Go here. Okay. Um, that's like the the spot, and, um, and yeah, so I'm I'm excited on on what we have moving forward i try to be super honest i try to be super mm-hmm. raw 
uh, I am by no means. I tell everybody uh, when I do my uh, when I do my shows, I'm like, if you think you know, I'm up here telling you because I know uh, I'm up here because I'm a mess. Right. Like I'm a mess, and God uses messy people all throughout mm. the Bible. That's good. Um, he just uses messy people. Right. So. Exactly. He's using me that way, you know, people who know me would be like, dude, that guy's a piece of crap. Well, yeah. I, I know. That's why I got, yeah, exactly. that's why I, got <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I said that myself. Why are you coming? I don't understand why you're coming at me like that. Uh, I am I a piece of crap. I'm being pretty honest about that. Right. Um, so I have my faults. I have my struggles. But I want to be honest enough to talk about them in the music. And sometimes that doesn't play well in church, you know. Well, I, I Again, I think that's that pharisaical mentality is mm-hmm. like you know if the church were authentic um and they were open and honest and, and again we have to see growth you know it's not that we continue to live in the same sin and not actually work mm-hmm. on it you know yeah. god's gonna work on it that's the great thing about sanctification is he's gonna grow you as he needs to yeah. and so thank god he doesn't say hey y'all can come into the church when you get clean yeah, like oh my, no one's God. in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's an empty building. Yeah, what are you doing in here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. uh, I was just I saying know. that's actually really good. Um, you know, there's a song out, and it's a lot of us on the radio, but it's truth be told. If you ever hear the first mm-hmm. lyrics of that, says you know, if the, if the you know if the church acted like it was truly supposed to, the church would look more like a hospital, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, because you'd have people coming hurting in people. and hurting yeah. people, and that's always exactly. that's always been really cool. Well, that's so, what exactly. it. I feel like that's what it should be. Um, there's a, and I and I talk about this at every show too. Um, I I kind of lay it out for people. Uh, there's a song I play called Secrets, yep. right? And I say, and I ask everybody, hey, you know, raise your hand if you have a secret that you want no one to know. you a secret that you're gonna probably take to your mm-hmm. deathbed because you don't want anyone to know. And there's usually like three or four people out of a hundred, right. you know, who will be brave enough to raise that hand. And I'll say, I want you to look to your left, look to your right. If the person next to you is not raising their hand, their secret is they're a liar. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like we're all in the same boat. Dude, so the, n- the night you did that at our conference, I meant, I'm talking men were broken. Like, after that, I mean, I prayed with, I can say, at least 10 guys that were like, I got to get rid of this sin. And, yeah. I, you know, even since then, they are continuing not to that's be in awesome. those sins. And so that that was a a great segue into our worship time and our altar time at that at that conference, man. It was and, freaking awesome. And I'm not, like, I don't put them on the spot and then don't own it. Like, no, I tell them, right. I'm like, this song I'm about to sing is about, like, secrets. Like, right. I got demons, man. Like, mm-hmm. you, like, I'm waging. The last line of the song is, you know my secrets. Uh, you know my weight. You know the demons I wage. Like, man, it's a constant That's fight awesome. and a battle. And um, and I, th- I feel like the church needs to be more honest about those mm-hmm. things from even their leadership. Right. You know, um, we're, man, thank God we're not required to uphold the Levitical law. Right, like exactly, my clothes yeah. right now aren't even flying. <laughs> I got like three different types of cloth on. Um, it's it's not That's a good great. look. And um, man, when we uh, when we stand before the creator, he's, you know, even if you're listening, let's say you're not a believer and you're listening right now. Let's say you're in a hypothetical place uh, with a hypothetical God. And he and he's created this great place, and he let's call it heaven. And you're standing outside, and he's like, "Why should I let you in? It's perfect. Mm-hmm. 
this place is perfect. Why should I let you, you know, Samuel Fergoza, why should I let you in? Well, as Christians, we usually start checking the list. Right. Well, I read my Bible. <laughs> I went to church. I love my wife. Um, I gave tithes. I even did. I went to Africa that one time. Russ, you were talking about you went to yeah. Africa. Man, yeah. I, you know, I give to missions all the time. Been there. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's great. You know, um, you're finding you're finding righteousness in the things that you've done, you know, in yourself. Right. We have a word for that in the English language. It's self-righteous. Right. You're self-righteous, man. The, the Bible says that our good deeds, all those things that we just listed off, are like filthy rags. And the Hebrew of filthy rags is quite literally minstrel rags, mm-hmm. you know, PG-13. Yeah rating here but i always anytime i get in a spot where i feel like i'm doing great Mm -hmm. i'm knocking it out of the park i try to picture mother Teresa standing in front of the gates of heaven with a life supply of her used tampons (laughs) and this is what i have this is what i have to offer the kingdom that's what Mm -hmm. i have to offer the kingdom of god and god's like "Mm, i'm good you know, unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus yes, Christ, right. you can keep all that. Right. Because I don't, he doesn't need us. Right. We get to help and we Amen. grow from helping. But man, he doesn't need me to spread. You know, he uses yeah. me because I'm a mess. Yeah. And it's definitely because of the relationship with Jesus. By yeah. faith, you're saved. Like, that's what people, people would just grab a hold of that. And then because of your salvation, man. He's going to sanctify you, and you're going to want to work, and you're going to want to love, and you're going to want to give, and you're going to yeah. want to do all but these things. But the problem is the first thing that comes first is recognizing that you're a mess, and that's hard. Yeah, for exactly. Like some of the hardest things for mm-hmm. unbelievers to do is to let go of this idea that you can earn it. Mm-hmm. Because we have this, like everyone has this built-in self-righteousness, right. and it's like it's from the fall of man, yeah, right? Exactly. This built-in idea that I am good enough. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm all about self-help. I'm all about, you know, proclaiming and affirmations and all the above. Like, mm-hmm. you, you've you never met anybody as crazy as me. Every time I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I go, you're the man, bro. <laughs> 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 like, I got vanity, like, no one's business. So, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, self-affirmation is great. Right. But it's from a place of knowing that I tell myself, like, you're the man. I'm the man. Mm-hmm. I got this. Right. Um, but at the same time, I know that there is nothing good in me. Amen. And everything that comes out of me that is good, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Like, he's molding me. He's making me. Um, the, you know, the things that I did, the the only way I could do the things that I did in athletics was to think I'm the man. Amen. That's the only way you can do it. Yeah, you know? So exactly. I, belie- I believe fully yeah. in that stuff. I'm not saying be... It's like I said not too long ago, my drill sergeant, you say, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you do good. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's that's gospel. That's gospel. Well, I tell you Mm. what, man, we're getting close to the end of our uh, time here. And I want to, first of all, a new mug that we have right here. Check this out. Got that gay? All right. I also have the shirt. So on our Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Get it. And then uh, iron sharpens iron mug uh, on our... Uh, website manupmerch.com you can get new scripture shirts that we have there you can get the 
coffee. You can get the thermoses. You can get the coffee cups. Uh, we've got all kinds of good stuff there. We'd love Heck for you yeah. to go there. And I was going to ask, um, Samuel, is there a place where people can go mm-hmm. like to support your music yeah. and what you're yeah. doing? So, um, Tell us real about qui- that. Yeah, real quick, real quick before, before we bounce go. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, most of the money that I bring in, or at least a good majority of it, uh, goes to obviously recording, making mm-hmm. music. I'm not making money off uh, what people give me. Um, it goes to Agape International Missions, and it goes to create music or create content. I never put mm-hmm. money in my pocket for it. I'm bivocational and make a very comfortable living uh, doing insurance stuff. Um, so you can go to my website. Uh, I have a link for it. I think I sent you. Yeah. yeah, we just posted it in the chat. Awesome. So. Uh, I had uh, I had somebody swoop my my uh, website name off GoDaddy. I don't know how they got it. It was on a renewal. I think my credit card got oh, stolen. Dude. They bought my domain. Did name. they really? Yeah. Now they want to sell it to you for three thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, I'm in that spot. Exactly. But uh, Rusty's got a link to it. You can always pick it up on my social medias or whatnot. Um, Agape International. I do want to plug them before we get out of here. They uh, they have um, a they stop sex trafficking. They're based mm-hmm. out of Cambodia. Um, I wear th- one of these bracelets pretty much everywhere I go. Every show that I do, you'll see one on my wrist. Um, the girls who are rescued from sex trafficking, they have to have a way to make money. You know, they've been s- trafficked since they were five right. years old sometimes. That's mm-hmm. the only way they know how to make money. Um, Agape International and AIM um, put together this com- a separate company called Anthem. And Anthem has jewelry, has clothes that these girls make, uh, puts them to work after, you know, gives them commerce, gives them the skill after they've been rescued. So um, they uh, they first get rescued. Then they go to uh, the restoration house. Mm -hmm. And after that, they go um, to Anthem to actually have a job and, and not have to go back because a lot of the girls go back to right, sex yeah, trafficking exactly. so they can eat, eat so they can yeah, live. Money, they have yeah. no they have no way to make money. So um, Rusty will put the link in yep, there. It's already in there. Awesome. Good job. Um, <laughs> you guys can give me, uh, I, it's five bucks a month, and that money goes towards those causes and me um, creating more content. And I always tell people, it's a cup of coffee. Amen. Buy me a cup of coffee a month. And, uh, yeah, help me make some more music. That's so. awesome, dude. Well, man, yeah. it's been a pleasure here. I'm yeah, so yeah. glad. Flew I can't by, wait. Bro. It did. Two hours is nothing. I can't wait for the future with uh, our conferences that we're going to do oh, and yeah. some worship sets and different things like that. I know God's got some big stuff for us, so I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. All right. Well, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the social media platforms. Um, and we look forward to next Monday. Got some great guests coming up in the month of February and in the month of March. So yeah. join us for Man Up Monday, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.